Hey guys, if you would get your cell phones out for me real quick. Everyone, 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 all together, cell phones, please. Uh, this is how we do attendance at The Way. If you're here for the first time, we are grateful that you're here. Um, and so if you would let us know that you came, that makes us happy. So if you could text today, 777-3520, and our keyword is with God. Four. So this is the fourth sermon in our series, our last one. And um, if you text that, then someone will text you back asking for some information about who you are. We won't bombard you with information, I promise. We won't spam you or none of those things. We don't even know how to do those things. But we will give you a few wonderful little snazzy gifts at the back after service. So if you'll text us, we'll text you back. You text us, and then we'll text you back, and then you meet us there, and we'll give you stuff. That's good. Here we go. Uh, this is the fourth week in uh, this series that we're doing called With God, and it, it came out of um, an, a, an event that happened to me. A personal friend of mine um, made a statement. He's growing in a large church, and he made a statement that um, being on staff at a church feels secular. And um, it bothered me when I heard it. And I realized that this is probably um, a problem that a lot of churches globally are having right now. Um, and I think that it's happening on the scale of global church because of the professionalism that's happening, right? But also, I also think that it's happening in the lives of individuals. Um, and so what I realize is that oftentimes in my life, I don't need God throughout the day. And when this is happening, this is a terrible problem because Jesus said, you can do nothing without me. Yet, I have found it pretty, I found myself pretty capable of doing a lot of things without God and doing them rather well. And so then how beneficial is it to do those things that we're doing without God? In other words, how much better could we be at work if we did it with God? How much better could we be in our marriage if we did it with God or in our friendships or with our relationships with our roommates or at anything, finances, everything in our life, it is an advantage to do anything with the guy who is 75 billion years old. You know what I mean? Like, you guys, he's seen everything, everything he's seen. He knows, and he can help you, and he's not 75 billion years old, just so you know. He's older than that. Okay. Um, so, with God, doing life with God, and so uh, two weeks ago, we talked about um, the Holy Spirit. Um, um, uh, Preston, would you bring out the Holy Spirit? Uh, he's in this back room here. Would you, would you bring him out for me? I'm serious. Would you go in that room and bring out the Holy Spirit? Uh, he's here with us today. We talk, two weeks ago, we talked about that the Holy Spirit, who is he? Uh, that he is God, right? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, what's funny is a lot of people that know, uh, yes, bring him. Round of applause for the Holy Spirit, people. Here we go. Hey! Yeah, yeah. There he is. Yeah, yeah, let's bring him out. He's good to have around. Um, so, um, Preston's like, oh man, oh, that's good. He's good. Um, so, uh, the reason why is because I'm talking about this is because, uh, we, even before service today, a friend of mine was telling me that, um, they grew up Catholic and they knew that the Holy Spirit was God, but we never talked about him. Francis Chan wrote a book a few years ago. Francis Chan is awesome. He wrote a book called the forgotten God. And it is, it is the person, the third person of the Trinity, the, the, the Holy Spirit. He is God and he is a person. And he, Jesus said about 12 times in three different chapters that he's a helper and that he will help you in all things. 
He will guide you into all truth. He will teach you all things. And he is a part of you learning conviction and learning to, to, to choose Christ as your Savior. He is a part of salvation. He is a part of life in Christ. He is a part of conviction. He is a part of sanctification and walking through these things in life that's difficult. And uh, he, you can't be a Christian without him. Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away so he'll come. And so if that's the case, why are we doing it without him? And I think it's just because it's easier to do it on my own. Sometimes my wisdom is easier to obtain. Uh, my life lessons have been easier to seek after. But if Jesus said that it's better for you that I go away so he comes, then it's good that we learn how to do life with him. Last week, we talked about how to grow in him. And we said that in any relationship, because this is not we're, not, we're not about religion, we're about relationship. And having a relationship with God, the best way to grow a relationship with God is the best way that you would grow a relationship with anyone. You find out what they love and what they enjoy, and you do those things. And the more you do things that people love, the closer you get to them. The more you do things that they do not love, the more you retract. And so with Christ, learn the things that we said that he loves Unity. He loves humility. He loves prayer. He loves to bring us closer to Jesus. He loves worship. He loves generosity. He loves the lost. And he loves to reach out to other people. And so in all of our lives, even if you don't know your relationship with God today, one, I want you to all know we're all, we all have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. One, because he has made a commitment that he is going to be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. We're just in different places in our relationship with God. But we want to learn to activate those things and grow in those things. And if you don't have a relationship with God today, I want, to, I want to show you something. He loves to reach people. For example, even if you are here today and you say, I don't have a relationship with God, but I love to help people do good things, that feeling that overwhelms you, those little bubbly sensations in your tummy, it's the Holy Spirit going, man, that's what I'm, we're about. We're about helping others. This is what we do and uh, when you do more of this with God, and there's a lot of things the Holy Spirit loves to do, that's one of them. Make sense? Cool. With all that being said, this week is about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I have a few gifts that I'm going to hand out to everyone. So I've asked some ushers to come. And uh, they are all going to, I have a gift for everyone in the room today. Logan, would you help me? And so uh, I'm going to say a prayer. We're going to get started on the sermon. These guys are going to pass it out and uh, we're going to get started. So here we go. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, whew, wow, I'm nervous. Help. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and uh, I'm going to do four subjects after I give you this verse. So I'm going to read you a verse. I read it last week. And I'm going to read it again this week. So Paul, our apostle of our faith, the teacher of two-thirds of the New Testament, uh, he is, uh, he is going, to, he's going to say a verse here, and um, he has an encounter with some people that love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength while he's in Ephesus. Everyone say Ephesus. Ephesus. He's in Ephesus. Here we go. This is uh, Acts chapter 19, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul had passed through the upper regions and came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And so they said to him, We have not even so much as even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Stop. He's talking to disciples. He's talking to people that love God, that are teaching people how to walk in his ways, that are teaching people how to follow him, that are, that, that are living a life of making other people closer to God. 
That's their anthem. And in this, he says, hey, have you heard of the Holy Spirit? We, we don't even know who, what, what is the Holy Spirit. And this is a problem that I'm realizing is happening in the church today, is that many of us love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We want to do greater things for God. We don't know how. And so I want to say this before we go any further, please, today. God has a plan for you. You have to know that God has a plan for you. Don't open the box. It's a secret. There's a secret in the box. Don't open the box. Please, por favor. God has a plan for you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? We don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. Then he talks on about being baptized. I'm going to pick it up. And then so in verse 5, he says, When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Listen, they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Now the men were, there were about 12 of them in all. There was 12 of these dudes. They were all disciples. They never heard of the Jesus. They never heard of the Holy Spirit. They were baptized. They received the Holy Spirit. Time out. This is good. There's a lot of confusion about the Holy Spirit today, and I believe that I can make it pretty clear for all of us today. So if you're uneasy about this subject, this is probably the best time to have this conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. Are we good? Did everyone get a box? Cool. Um, can I get a box? Yeah. All right. Oh, a little cute little box there. Okay. Don't you like a gift? I mean, everyone just loves the gifts, right? Don't open it. Don't peek. Veda, I saw you. Here we go. I want you to know there are four points today. I'm going to tell you three of them, and then we're going to get started. The first one is there is a gift. Two, there are greater gifts. And three, there are more excellent gifts. What? Yes. I'm designed to confuse you. Here we go. Number one, there is a gift. It's important for you to know that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not the Holy Spirit. They're gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, because we don't see him, it's hard for us to understand what that means. But if he was a person standing here and I said that I had a gift of Tim for all of you, you would not call that gift Tim. However, many of us have seen gifts of the Holy Spirit and then have referred to it as the Holy Spirit and said... I don't want it. Anyone else? They looked at it and they said, I don't want anything to do with what's going on there. That is not the Holy Spirit. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. And we have to be careful that we don't combine them into one scenario. Does that make sense? Check this out. About the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now we're talking today in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. Everyone say 12, 13, and 14. It's really good. I call it the Oreo, and the cream filling is in the middle. You're going to hear about it here in the middle. Uh, in a second. Um, one, there is a gift. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm reading out of the NKJV. The apostle Paul, our apostle, said this 2,000 years ago, and it hasn't changed one bit. It's really, really important that Je you understand. Jesus said it's important that I go, so he comes. He comes so that way he can give things. Jesus came to give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to give you gifts because God has a call of God on your life. Everyone with me? And you need his gift to do what God's calling you to do. Otherwise, 
you do it secularly. You do it without God. And how beneficial is that? Okay. I think this is so good. God, I hope this is organized and it makes sense to you. I got to get started. Number one, point number one, there is a gift. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Stop. I don't want you to be ignorant. But many of us are, and we don't understand. And I want you to know that there are answers to the questions that you have. There are gifts. You may not like all of them. I understand that. My wife has gifts. She is a person. I have a relationship with her. She has gifts that I hate. I hate how organized she is. She can organize our finances in such a way that it drives me crazy. You want to know why? Because my budget is whatever she gives me. I'm free-spirited. She's not. You know what I'm talking about? Her gift is fantastic and important to our home, but it drives me crazy. There are gifts in the body of Christ that will drive you crazy, but you need them. Check it out. Um, Verse 4, I'm going to pick it up. There are diversities of gifts, but it's the same spirit that gives these gifts. There are diversities of ministries, but it's the same Jesus. We got to get this right. We're looking at things and disqualifying entire churches and denominations because they don't look and sound like us. And it's wrong because it's the same Lord. Here we go. This is so good, man. I'm telling you, this is so good. Number six, and the diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of... Oh, hold on a second. Now, this is good stuff here. Now, I want you to know, Will, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is on you, and 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 it's on all of us, is what Paul said. Many of us don't know it. We haven't learned how to understand it, but... It's important for you to know that the gift that you have is not for you. It's for me. Your gift is for me, for the profit of us. Your gift ain't for you. And the best way for you to learn your gift, if you don't hear anything else, if you're not good at spiritual gifts, if you love Jesus and you want to know, well, how do I find out my spiritual gift? You serve. And you serve more. And the more that you serve and the more that you pour out your life, the more that God can put in you. And the more that you experience different opportunities in the body of Christ, the more some things just feel more natural. Now, I know that if I take Veda with me and we go knocking on doors and deliver groceries, she's going to be standing right behind me. You know what I'm talking about? And she's going to say, this isn't my gift. It's okay, Veda. We love each other. It's all good. But there are gifts that Veda can do that I can't. And in those scenarios, I'm going to stand way behind her. And it's all good. But we need them. Here we go. This is, I have to keep going. For, for one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge. Different. Knowledge is a lot of information. Wisdom is how we apply it. All right, cool. Here we go. I, I made that up. I don't know if that's correct or not, but that's, that's my interpretation of it. All right. Uh, To another, the the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing. But the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But the same spirit works all of these things, distributing 
to each one individually as he wills. Now, as he would go on here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the next couple things he's going to say, I don't have time to talk about, but he's going to say that as the Holy Spirit gives these gifts, he says the ear can't say to the foot, I don't need you. And he's going to say that the hand can't say to the elbow, I don't need you. He said, we're the body of Christ. And we need all of these gifts in order to make it function. What I'm, I'm stud, I study churches, so that's what I'm going to talk about for a moment. Because what I've learned is that even like sometimes marriages don't work out well because they annoy us because they're, God always put you with someone different. They're different for a reason. But you're not supposed to get frustrated with the person because they're different. You're supposed to need them more because they're different. This happens in churches. Well, you know what? As I'm studying churches, I'm seeing, I'm seeing some churches are really, 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 really good at being spiritual. I'm learning this right now. This could be wrong, but it's what I'm learning right now. I'm learning that some are good at being spiritual, and, and because we like being spiritual, we disqualify the natural. So we're good at being emotional and, and, ex, and, and have experiences, and so we, disorganize, we, we discredit those that want to organize things. And then we have some that are really good at organizing things, and because we want to organize it, we need control, so we discredit the encounters that happen that we can't understand. Does that make sense? Both of the body of Christ, we need them both. Somewhere a healthy relationship would be good. Okay, I have to keep going. So number one is there are gifts. There are many different kind of gifts. I have a list for them. If you want to ask me or anyone on staff, I'll get these to them. We'll get them to you. Make sense? Please ask questions and you're welcome to disagree with me. You'll be wrong. <laughs> but you can disagree with me. I'm okay with that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Number one is there are spiritual gifts. Number two, there are greater gifts. At the end of the first chapter of the Oreo cookie, it says that there are, uh, uh, it says that now, Scotty's putting it up there, greater gifts. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. Paul, our apostle, says this. I'm on the wrong page. That's why I can't find it. He says, are all apostles, do are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Let me stop there. Are all prophets? Are all pastors? Are all teachers? No, certainly not. If I asked some of you to come up here and take over and preach today, you would maybe give me a kick in the shin, you know what I mean, or a, or a finger. Or some of you, depends on how Christian you are, you know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and so, um, but this is like, this is not me. Like, hey, look, you do that, dude, I can't do this. I get it, that's cool. This is what I'm, I'm good at being ex extroverted. Uh, but I, we are, not everyone's going to be an evangelist or a prophet or an apostle, but I need your gifts. Now, he says, but earnestly desire the greater gifts. So, what are greater gifts. In 1 Corinthians, the other side of the Oreo cookie, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he starts off, he says, pursue love, but desire spiritual gifts, especially that you prophesy. Now, when Jesus, before he ascended to heaven, he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit and I'm going to see, I want you to lay hands on the sick. I want you to Raise the dead. Now, that's kind of crazy. We ain't gonna, I don't plan on bringing anyone dead in the church today. But listen, uh, if you know someone dead, you want to bring them in, well, I'll pray. I'll try. You know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm over about a thousand right now. But he told me to do it, so I will do it. And you should do it. And you may be over a thousand praying for sore throats and headaches and back pains. But all we do is obey God. So 
there are greater gifts. And greater gifts are things that bring, in my opinion, that bring people to Christ. Jesus said, not my words, his words, the greatest man that's ever walked the face of the earth, he made a bold statement to everyone that would follow him. And he said this, greater things than these you will do because you believe in my name. Greater things you will do. And so all I know is that there are gifts of God that are great and above my current ability, and our apostle of our faith is telling us, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts. Why? Because the moment that you become settled into any relationship without wanting more, you've quit. I've seen it in marriages. I've seen it in people's relationship with their job. When you don't desire to be greater, you've already compromised the best part of you. We want to get more. I mean, you talk to anyone that, that lifts weights, we're, we're trying to do better. We're trying to go further. We're trying to run faster. If, if, it's, if it's at work, we're trying to make, who here is not trying to make more money? And who here wouldn't want to reach more people for Christ? Who here wouldn't want to do greater things for God than we're already doing? We can't do these things without his Holy Spirit, which is what his Bible is telling me. You have a spiritual gift. You need to use it. We can't do it on our own. Hmm. Okay, so then 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 says, uh, uh, eagerly uh, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially that you prophesy. Now, he, he would say, in this very first part of this section, he would say, um, I wish that you would all speak in tongues, but above speaking in tongues, I pray that you prophesy. Because if you can speak a thousand words in a tongue, it profits the church nothing. But if you speak one word in prophecy, they're all edified. What does that mean? 1 Corinthians 12 is about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 13 is about love. 1 Corinthians 14 is, is about order. It's about balance. It's about not using the gifts out of control. What do you mean? If we all spoke in tongues... Jessica, if I sat here and said, I, can, I have the gift of tongues, it does not sound like this. Hundai, Rondai, Hutai, Debotai, Yadabai, Yabai, whatever, all this, this is not the gift. But if I said this and I sat here and I started speaking in tongues, it would do nothing for her. But he said, if you prophesy, now you can speak into her life. Something that actually has the ability to have lasting influence. The Apostle Paul is saying there are gifts in the church. You should desire them. You should desire to speak in tongues. If you don't desire to speak in tongues, I don't understand that. It's a prayer language. Paul said in Romans chapter 8, he says that it's a, it's, a, it's a perfect prayer, that we don't know how to pray on our own. In times and dark seasons in your life where you don't understand, when there's confusion or anxiety or fear or something that's going on, and you don't know how to pray, if you've ever been in a season where you're talking to God and you don't know what to say, you pray in the Spirit. There are many of us that have spiritual gifts. We haven't used them in years, and we wonder where God is at in our life. If you have the gift of tongues, you should use it. Now, use it in order. We don't need to come in here and blah, 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 because it's not doing anything for anyone. You do it for you. You do it for him. But here, what's more important is that we prophesy because other people will be touched by it. There are gifts. 
there are greater gifts, healing, signs and wonders, things that will lead people to Christ or a greater understanding of Jesus. Does that make sense? Number three, the most excellent way. We're going to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and he says this, earnestly desire the best gifts, yet I'll show you a more excellent way. And then he starts off, the most excellent gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, in my opinion, are the gifts that sustain you when you receive the Holy Spirit. For example, I love to lay hands on the sick. It's something that God has blessed me with, and I've seen many people healed. You may not. That may scare you. I don't know why. The Bible says it all over the place. Like, if you read the New Testament, healing is supposed to happen when we pray. It's supposed to. But I have seen people in their life receive gifts and lose their character. And they've continued to operate in gifts that the Holy Spirit has given them. But it hasn't, their character didn't sustain them long enough. So let me show you something. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, it says this. Though I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, speaking in tongues. Though I can speak in tongues, but I don't have love, well, I've only become about as good as this symbol back here. And if I have the gift of prophecy, and I can understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have faith so that I can remove mountains, but I don't have love, well, then I'm nothing. I am nothing. If I can understand all the mysteries, if I can figure out the cure to cancer, but I can't love people, I'm nothing. I can't agree with that even more, any anymore. One of the things that used to bother me a lot is I used to go to these big churches and I used to see pastors get off the stage and completely avoid everyone in the crowd and get right in their Hummer and leave. And I'm thinking, what just happened there? Well, great, you're a good communicator and great, you can lay hands on the sick and great, you've got, but if you don't have love, you don't love the people, what the heck you doing, Jack? And though I understand all mysteries and I have all knowledge and I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, and I, but I have not love, I am nothing. Verse 3, and though I am bestowed all my goods and I, and I feed the poor and I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. He says, if you can give all your money away, but you don't love the people, then you're not actually loving them. And there's some that can write the check, but don't, I, don't, I don't want to talk to them. Listen, the Holy Spirit is a person. And what he loves is people. And he wants to give you gifts that can minister to people. But please understand that God's agenda is not healing. It's reaching. I've seen this so many times in, where, where, where it, it's, it's more important that the Holy Spirit doesn't, like, I don't think that we get concerned if our ears go out and we get deaf. Or we get concerned when we have a pain in our body. And we get concerned about um, like illness or not having enough finances, right? These are things that we worry about. We get concerned when there's issues in our marriage. But God, who is like standing in heaven, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. This is probably nerves. When God is looking down at the big picture, he's not worried about this. It's like my little two-year-old daughter who wakes up in the morning and starts freaking out because she doesn't have her milk right now. She's freaking out. And I'm like, just relax, kid. Like, it's going to work out, you know? Why isn't God concerned about your finances, your health? Because what he's concerned about is your soul. So the gifts that God gives me 
to minister to you or the gifts that God gives you to minister to me is, is not necessarily to heal the joint, but it's to let me know that God loves me. Honestly, I think he's more concerned with us realizing that he's faithful, that he's committed to us. I think the bigger picture is not what he's capable of, but who he is, and God is love. And so what he wants in all of us is love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not self-seeking. What the Holy Spirit, the, the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. What he wants is to put his Spirit inside of us in such a way that you have peace, that you have joy, that you have rest, that you have love, that you are changed so that we're not like the people in this world. We're not trying to consume, but we can exist to give. Point number one is there are gifts. Point number two is that there are greater gifts. And point number three is that the more excellent way is the way of love. And point number four is the greatest gift. The greatest gift that the Holy Spirit has given us is the ability to understand conviction, to know when our life is not in order so that we can know Jesus. The greatest gift, I believe, that, this, that the Holy Spirit gives us is his partnership with Jesus to save us. Would y'all get your boxes out? Rachel, would you come? You can open your box. We practice open communion here at church, and so any of you guys can take communion with us. I just want you to know one thing before we move forward. One, I believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are great, and I'm going to seek the Holy Spirit, but what I care more about is having the character of the Holy Spirit. For example, in my life, I'm married. I'm so proud that I'm married, but I'm not trying to be successful and become rich I'm not trying to become successful and own and possess a whole lot of things. What I'm trying to do is make sure that my wife is loved and that I love her and that she is 100%. Like that's the ultimate objective in my life with her in my relationship. And I believe that that's the ultimate objective of the Holy Spirit is to make sure that we love one another. And there may be some people here right now, and this is the job of the Holy Spirit. If y'all would bow your heads and close your eyes with me real quick. There's some folks here, and you're not right with God. God has a plan for your life, and you know it, but you're not right. I'm not mad. I want you to know the Holy Spirit loves you, and he's chased you, and he'll continue to chase you, but he loves you, and this is a, a great opportunity in your life to know that you've been doing a lot of things on your own. And you have a friend that sticks closer than a brother, someone that loves you more than anyone in this world that wants to do it with you. If you're here today, before we take communion, and you're not right with God, I want to say a quick prayer for you. Would you raise your hand? God bless you, and, and God bless you, and that's awesome, and God bless you, and God bless you, and God bless you. Wow, wow, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. I'm not right with God. Anyone else? I know it. I am not using the Holy Spirit in my life. I don't, I'm not, my relationship isn't right with him. There are about 12, 13 people right now. God bless you. I see you. It's beautiful. Someone else, there's sin in my life. 
I want you to know that God loves you. There's no condemnation here. It's not the way this works. But don't push your best friend out of your life. Invite him closer. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my best friend. Wash me in your blood. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me. Change me. Give me your Holy Spirit. Teach me how to live for you. Teach me how to live this life with you. I lay it all down, God. In Jesus' name. We're going to take communion here real quick, and we're going to sing a song, and we're going to do one more thing before we close today. Greatest gift Jesus ever, the Holy Spirit ever gave was the ability for us to know Jesus. Jesus gave it all so we would have life. I'm just going to say a prayer over you guys, if you would. Would you close your eyes real quick? You need healing in your body. I want you to know that there is healing in the name of Jesus. It's by the stripes on his back. Father, I'm so thankful that you died on the cross for me. I'm so thankful that you laid it all down. I'm so thankful that you loved me. I'm so thankful that you were not selfish when I was selfish, that you were selfless, that you, you've always been pursuing me. So as we partake the body of Christ, I thank you for the nails in your hands. I thank you that you saved me. I love you, Jesus. And I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you that it washes and that it cleanses and that it makes me whole. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here right now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here right now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here right now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here right now. I thank you that you've washed me. I love you, Lord. Would you guys just stay seated for a minute? Would you sing this song with me and just worship and just say, I surrender. I lay it down, God. What a beautiful moment.
close today's service, guys. I want you to understand something just, just real quick. The Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit is not prophecy. The Holy Spirit is not healing. He is not administration. He is not servanthood. He is not giving. He does these things. He loves these things. He is a person. Many of us have are having a hard time serving God because we don't know what we're good at and we've lost footing for Jesus. Some. Some of us don't need the Holy Spirit to serve him and that's it's wrong. I want you to know that there are there is more of him than what you currently know. I've learned this because in every relationship I've ever had there's more of that person that I've yet to uncover. And there's more of God than there's yet to uncover. And I believe that there's more of him that he has for you than you've uncovered yet in your life. We want to pray for some people here today that don't know the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand, my objective is not that anything happens to you, but that we introduce to you your best friend. That's going to live with you from this day for the rest of your life. And will be a friend that sticks closer than a brother, a companion, a helper, the lover of your soul. The, the, someone that will help guard your character. Someone that will guard your integrity. Someone that will protect your wisdom, your finances, your, 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 your relationships. I mean, he is good for you. That's what he does. He loves you. But... As, I, as we picked this song, I thought to myself, some of us have a hard time with the Holy Spirit because we have a hard time letting go of control. Surrender is difficult. And you like to be the best version of you. And I think that's why it's easier. I'm not lying. I know some of you guys think that I'm joking and I, I get witty sometimes and sarcastic and dumb. If you're new here, I wasn't that way today, but I will be now. I think the Holy Spirit comes easier for me because I learned earlier in life that I, I suck and that I'm my biggest problem. Uh, really, the devil isn't really even that big of an issue for me. It's me. And it's easier for me to trust the Lord because I believe that his way is probably just better than mine. And so it's easier for me to surrender. And some of us, we struggle with letting go. And so the Holy Spirit is hard for you. But I believe that his wisdom is better than mine. His ways are better than mine. And so it's just, I just have to be willing to learn and to learn and to learn and to learn and to let go. For the next five minutes, we want it to take five minutes, not make this a big deal, but it's a really, really big deal. We want to pray for you. As we opened up the top of this service today, uh, th there was a scripture that the, Paul said that he had met disciples that didn't know who the Holy Spirit was. I think there are people in this room that love God and don't know who the Holy Spirit is. And I think with the Holy Spirit comes gifts, but that comes when you're willing to serve and give your life away. But the Holy Spirit wants to know you, and he wants to move in your life right here and right now. So for five minutes, I'm gonna ask you, would you all bow your heads and close your eyes with me? If you're here today and you don't know the Holy Spirit, I want to do exactly what the Apostle Paul did. I want to pray for you. If you're here and you say, I don't, I'm not got this thing down right, but I want to. 
I don't know the Holy Spirit or I don't know him well enough. If that's you, will you raise your hand right now? One, two, that's awesome. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Fantastic. I'm going to ask you, if you're raising your hand, please do not be embarrassed. We're not going to make this long and I'm not going to make it a spectacle. But we do want to worship. If you're raising your hand right now, will you stand to your feet? And will you come down? We're going to pray for you. It's going to be simple, easy, and good. And that's all I can tell you, is that you can trust the Lord. I'm going to have you guys just face this way. We're not doing the Rodney Howard Brown thing. We're just going to pray for you. We're going to worship. So if the rest of the church, if you would stand up, if you're an intercessor, then pray. Because this is a life-changing moment for some of these people down front here. Gary, will you, are you coming down here for prayer? Come on down here. I'm going to ask, I asked some people to pray over you guys. The rest of us, let's turn our eyes to Jesus. Can we sing that again? I surrender all? No, no, let's sing this one. It's better. 